Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. You go, man. Here we go. Y'all play, bro. We got your back. No matter what, we got your back. Let's go. Y'all just play. Better get one back. Yeah, hey, don't even trip. Y'all just go play. Just go play. We got your back. We got your back. Just go play. But now you got to go fast. I mean, and you got to try to get some chunk yardage. And you almost, I'd almost run this like a two-minute. Like, you want to try to get 21. If you can make it 30-21 going into the fourth quarter, feel like, hey, this game is ours if we get one or two critical stops in the, in, the, in the fourth quarter. First down from the 39. They go with a little bit of tempo again. Now Trevor looks like he wants to change the play. He's got trips to the right. Ingram's line up on the left side. ETN stands to the left of the quarterback here. Dropping this time. Trevor looking. Fires deep downfield. Got a man wide open. Zay Jones into the end zone. Touchdown Jaguars. There is not a charger anywhere close to him. You talk about chunk play, Frank. You there just called for a chunk play. There you go. There's your chunk play. Hey, you just ran straight from I was gone. You were oh. gone. Good hey, job. Hey, what, what a call. Jaguars memories that will last a lifetime until perhaps Saturday post-game. We'll see what the Jaguars can put together for the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. Those are sounds of the game. You can find those in Jags Wired. You can find those on the website and social media. It just keeps getting better, John, every week. Yeah, and uh, excuse me, my voice is kind of shot. I'm not sure why, but um, key in that, and this is a little football 101, when they were saying what a call, it was Trevor's call. They, They did not come from the sidelines. He checked to it. Uh, talking to Zay Jones and a couple of players this week, uh, that was huge. It was not an easy call to get to, and it shows the maturation of a young quarterback. Because in that situation, to see the defense, it was not a play they necessarily had even in the book to check to. Right. Uh, Big-time stuff there. We'll have a lot of time in the offseason to talk about that. Now let's talk about Kansas City and focus on Saturday night. Before we get started with big things – it's interesting because I like you. You know, you're out and about. You're at Publix. You're at Gate. Wherever you are, and people will say, "Hey, will they win?" People don't talk to me, but but yes, you have friends and family <laughs> right. and people that want to say, "Will they win?" I say, "You're asking the wrong question." The question is, can they win? Yep. Right against the number one seed, more than a touchdown favorite, who have been in this game and won this game four straight years. The question isn't will; it's can. If we knew whether they would or they wouldn't, you don't play the game. Can they win? And here's my response, and that is put yourself in a position with five minutes left to play to be close. Mm-hmm. And, and what we saw last week against Kansas mm-hmm. City or against um, the Chargers, yeah, they can win. Yeah, I think they absolutely can win for a number of reasons. When Trevor Lawrence is hot, he's as good as anybody, including Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying that he plays at that level all the time. He's not there yet. Well, there's that word consistency. But when he plays at that level, like he did in the second half, you can't play better quarterback than he did. They also have receivers who can complement it, and they have a pass rush that can get to the quarterback. Put all those things together at the right time, you can get past this team and beat them. All right, so let's jump right into big things here. On a Thursday, Jags coming up against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday, 4.30 is the kickoff on NBC Sports. The big thing, one, 
we're here. You know, look, the house money argument's gone on the last couple of weeks, and certainly the Jaguars are a team that's ahead of schedule from what most of us thought they would be able to accomplish in year number one. But that's not what the head coach is thinking. He can't waste this opportunity. You never know how many opportunities you get to go back, even though you might look at it with Trevor Lawrence and say, we'll be in this thing every single year. That's the way the coach is approaching this. Whether it's our money or house money, um, we're here. And uh, it's a credit to those players in the locker room and the coaching staff for, you know, believing in each other, obviously working hard. Um, what we've done down the stretch, you know, regardless of the mishaps, we're here, you know. And, and um, you know, I, I try to block out the best I can with the team. You just block out the noise. You block out the negativity. You block out whether it's lack of respect or whatever. You know, we have a young quarterback, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we're one of four in the AFC left. And um, that says a lot. It says a lot about these guys. And, um, you know, we're excited for the opportunity. Big thing, too. And you saw this in that opening clip of Sounds of the Game where Roy Robertson-Harris was talking to the offensive line and Trevor saying, look, we got your back. And Mike Caldwell earlier this week said, it matters who's on the other side of the ball. It matters. And they know what they've got. Every time the defense goes out into the field, they know they've got a quarterback on the sideline who, if they give the ball back to him, gives them a chance to win. When you have a guy that you believe in, as a defense, it matters to you. And when you're down 27 and you still believe you can win because you know who you have on the other side of the ball, it matters. And that's the big point because there was no hanging your head. There was nobody worrying about anything. It was get a stop get the ball back to the offense, get another stop, get the ball back to the offense because of who we know we have on the other side. And that's that's something that's this year, it's offense has bailed us out a bunch of times. We've helped them out. It's a true team that's, that's rolling right now. And finally, big thing three, the forecast has changed a bit. On Monday, it was going to be almost identical to the weather here last Saturday night. A high during the day of up to 45, a low somewhere near 30. Now we're talking about some snow, and that brings a different element to this ball game. And Press Taylor says these guys have it figured out. Yeah, it's certainly something we talk about. Anytime you're going to play in the elements with your guys, you address it. We talk about it. We do whatever we can to emphasize ball security. Um, and really, that's just going through our techniques and fundamentals. And then within the game, you kind of assess how the surface is, how guys are holding up with maybe things you want to do. Um, one of the, I know one time we talked about the weather in here. We talked about if there's actually weather falling from the sky, sometimes that will change even your thoughts on some of the ball handling things you have in your game plan. Just because the ball gets wet, or there's rain coming down, your gloves get wet, different things. So it's kind of assessing what the field is like, the conditions are like within the game of if you're going to feature some things or not. And those are big things. Just a note on the weather, being a native of Kansas City, I tell you, that's not the same snow that you get in Chicago or Cleveland or Buffalo. If you've got snow, it'll be light, not the uh, the heavy, wet stuff that comes off the lake. So not sure how much they're talking about at this point, but it does appear that it is a much stronger probability than it was earlier in the week. Yeah, and I don't know necessarily that that uh, affects or hurts the Jaguars that much. I don't know that it hurts – teams as much as it used to because most teams are built to throw now uh with the running game as a compliment right in the old days you would see I mean I'm not saying Kansas City doesn't have a little bit of an edge because they've played in it before 
but in the old days, teams used to really build their teams to run in the Northeast. Football has has changed a lot where that's not as big of an edge as it used to be. Well, Dan Marino always said, if it's snowing, I'm throwing, meaning they, they didn't think they'd be able to run the ball as effectively. Right, as long as there the wasn't snow. wind. Right, yeah. go throw for it. So um, watch for it. It'll it'll make one thing for sure. Look, the ratings are going to be off the charts for this game anyway. They always are. But snow tends to bring in even the casual viewer who mm-hmm. finds some drama in that. Let's go to Mike Caldwell and number two. Because Mike Caldwell is not a man who will stand at the microphone and go on and on and on. You ask him a question, he will tell you in as few words possible exactly what he thinks. Right? He's not loquacious like John. So the flip side of this is this was his longest answer of the year. I mean, I, I, I just took a piece of it, and it was 37 seconds long. And the reason that I bring that up is because it's significant for the fact that he is the defensive coordinator talking about the value to the quarterback and what the quarterback means to the defense. Um, whether it's our money or house money, we're here was the best quote of the week. Yeah. Caldwell's was the second. Yeah. Um, and Caldwell's was really the most telling because it did show how this team believes and how this defense believes in Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think it's a reason they've been able to come back. Not just that they have the ability offensively to come back, but that there's this belief. We've talked all year about the defense's ability to even when it looks like they are out of it, to make big play after big play, even when they've given up points. That mentality, I think, has been the key to this five-game stretch at home coming back the way they have. And I have to bring it up because Roy Robertson-Harris is not a guy who seeks the microphone, right? Uh, he's, again, he's like his, his defensive coordinator. He'll tell you what he thinks about the question you ask, but he's not loquacious, not going to go on and on and on, like someone we know. Um He's had a couple of terrific games mm-hmm. in a row. And he got a little love from Peter King in his column on Monday. But Roy Robertson-Harris has been dominant. And when you look at him in the locker room, he is the biggest of the defensive linemen and looks like he has the capacity to be a dominant player. And in the games that have mattered the most, right, Tennessee and the Chargers, he has been a dominant force. Yeah, and uh, I think Caldwell said he – has taken the role that Smoot was taken for a while. Um, that sack that you maybe don't even expect, not coming from the outside, effort sack up the middle. Uh, he and Josh Allen, I'm not trying to take away from Roy Robinson-Harris' time, but Josh Allen has also really come on in the last six games. I think one has to do with the other. Uh, Josh Allen, by the way, had a sack added yesterday when they reviewed the tape. I'm assuming it's the one that shouldn't have been taken away from him where he forced a fumble. Um, so he's got five sacks in the last six weeks. Five sacks though. in the last six games. So both of those guys, you need more than one player up front disrupting. Right now they have at least two, with apologies to Arden Key, who may be as disruptive as any of them. They've got, they have a pass rush, I'm telling you. In certain situations on Saturday, if the Chiefs let the Jaguars get ahead of them, the Jaguars' pass rush can give a team trouble when it matters. Just a note on that before we go to break. The pass rush against a quarterback like Pat Mahomes has to be so disciplined. You have to know your rushing lane. You have to keep him in the pocket. We saw him get out and run for 19 yards mm-hmm. on a critical third down at a moment in the third quarter last time in Week 10. You've got to 
play such disciplined football, you can rush, and they will, and you got to get home with four more often than not because you need the extra help mm-hmm. and coverage. You don't think of Mahomes as being that scrambler like you would a Lamar Jackson oh, really or Jalen Hurts. He's sneaky good at it. He's probably better than those guys, at, and, and, and I say that because I think he's the best in the league right now, at scrambling with eyes downfield to create passing opportunities. He can run, too, but he would rather get right to the line of scrimmage, use what he's done in the pocket, and find a guy downfield. I thought on that, Herbert's pretty good at it, too. And the Jaguars, with a couple of exceptions, because these guys are going to get out every now and then, did a pretty good job against him on that. Roy Robertson-Harris is a reason. And if you're going to contain guys in the pocket – you can't just have rush coming from edge. You have to have guys in the middle who are sort of gobbling up space where they would normally run, where Robinson Harris will be big on Saturday. All right, those are big things. And when we return, we'll go around the locker room, give you a feel for what the guys were saying the last couple of days. Hey, join us for a watch party here at the stadium on Saturday afternoon. The Jaguars playoff watch party is presented by Farah and Farah and Patron Tequila. Come watch the game with fellow Jags fans at Daly's Place. That is Saturday afternoon at 4.30. The lot's open at 3 and the gates at 3.30. We'll take a break and return. Thursday morning edition of Jags Drive Time continues in just a moment. Well, Jags Drive Time is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. Brian and John back with you here on a Thursday morning from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Besides the watch party on Saturday afternoon, and by the way, you have to go online and register for a ticket to come in the gates. So go to jaguars.com. You'll be able to follow the clicks and find your way to where you need to go. There's also a send-off tomorrow morning, and there's information all over social media and the website, again, about the details for the send-off. So let's go into the locker room and give you a sense what the guys were saying yesterday. And Christian Kurt, a guy who's such a pro. I mean, when you hear the term pros pro, you're talking about a guy like Christian Kurt who just understands the nuances of both on the field and off. So yesterday he was talking about complimentary football. Coming out and playing complimentary football. And, uh, you know, that's obviously helped contribute to us getting to that point. Um, but I feel like, you know, especially in these, these bigger games and, um, you know, playing for, with our season on the line, you know, we haven't done it as much. And I, you know, I think this is a perfect opportunity to get back to doing that. Um, but the thing is, is we've done it before. Um, we know what it takes. We know what it looks like. It's what's gotten us here. So, you know, we're definitely looking to, to come out and do that this week. You know, John, complimentary football, the offense and defense, you know, working together. It's easy to talk about. It's much more difficult to do. But truthfully, over the six-game winning streak, it's the best stretch of complimentary football we've seen. Yeah, I've never quite understood the term. To me, complimentary football, if the offense gets, I mean, if the defense gets stopped and the offense scores, it's complimentary football. True. If the defense gets stopped and the offense doesn't score, then on bad teams, then one side of the ball is mad at the other. Well, but I get your point. You... You get a turnover, you take advantage of it. Right. The Jaguars, whatever the term means, uh, the Jaguars certainly didn't do it in Kansas City in Week 10, which is why they lost. The defense got them opportunities, did not play poorly at all against a good Chiefs team, and the Jaguars' offense could not take advantage of special teams on the onside kick and then couldn't take advantage of turnovers later. So that was uncomplimentary Well, let me give you a definition of complimentary football for Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium. Don't keep your defense on the field. 
for long stretches of the football game. In other words, go out there, put together some drives. And the Jaguars have been really good at putting together 10-plus play drives. Keep Mahomes on the sideline. Keep your defense on the sideline a little bit rested, if you will, and be able to possess the ball. Now, look, we talked yesterday about being able to fire the ball down the field, let her rip, I said. And I believe you're going to have to do some of that. But when you do have an opportunity to put together a drive and keep Mahomes off the field, or better than that, you get a three and out, Mahomes comes and scores, you can't go three and out again. I mean, there's complimentary football for you right there, understanding the circumstances, and that's what Christian Kirk said they had done a lot better job of doing. All right, so Arden Key is a guy, John, you mentioned, who has had an impact over this six-game winning streak and brought the pass rush. They understand on the defensive side that the strong pass rush is required. And the guys up front want to play complimentary football for the guys in the back end. Just, you know, our first time being around each other, then just for having the first D coordinator, just the whole thing, we just finally found who we are as a um, defense as far as rushing the passer. And I believe it's the four-man front. We, we, it, with Casey, we got to come alive, four-man front. We got to come alive because them guys need help in the back end to cover. So we got to rush four. We got to come with some five. We got to come with some three, just different. different. We got to throw different things at Patrick Mahomes so we can get turnovers and hit him. You know, we talk all the time about rush and cover, right? Complimentary terms. You, you have to be able to have both. You can't have a breakdown in either. But I thought it was telling that Arden was in the locker room talking about understanding the the caliber of receivers that they're facing, the speed that makes it very difficult to match up. They've got size and Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling. They've got the tight end, obviously, and Travis Kelsey, who's at the top of the league. So it sounds like the guys up front are taking it on their own shoulders, knowing they got to help the the back end. Well, yeah, you have to get home with four against a guy like Mahomes, and you have to, as you mentioned earlier, you have to rush smart because you can't let him out. Arden Key is somebody I'll talk about later in the show, so I won't talk too much about that. But to me, the Jaguars' pass rush getting better in big situations late in the season is a huge reason they have a chance. If they can get a lead late, people don't think of this as a great pass rushing team. But when teams make runs in the playoffs, it's rare for teams to make a run in the playoffs unless their pass rush is playing well when it matters, and the Jaguars' pass rush has done that in the last six weeks. All right, we'll stay with the complimentary theme here, and Evan Ingram was talking about how the offense feels the need to make sure that they don't put the defense in a bad situation. It's common knowledge that, you know, field goals aren't going to beat this team. Uh, you know, trust me, our defense is a great defense, and they're going to go out and fight, and they played their butts off last time we, last time we played them. So, um, you know, we're going to have to help them out. We're going to have to help them out a lot because I know they're going to make plays. So, um, and us scoring touchdowns, are, you know, are going to put them in better positions too. So, John, at one point this season, the Jaguars were a poor red zone football team. They scored fewer touchdowns than field goals, and they missed opportunities with turnovers and failed fourth down opportunities. Where are they now as we come towards the end of the season? I don't know where they are statistically. Um, No, I'm asking for your perspective. Right. Well, um, but the eye test tells you that when they are on, they are really good. And I think that is because they have four guys in the red zone, and that's not even fair five guys in the red zone, including ETN, who all scare defenses. Um, and it's even got to the point where Trevor, w- when it's 
He can take off and run in the red zone. So you have a lot of options in the red zone. When it's going well, they're really good in the red zone. Um, And that's why you can see a scenario on Saturday where they get hot and they're tough to stop for a stretch where they go get ahead of Kansas City. I keep keep beating that drum, but I think that's their formula. Um, Doug Peterson's play calling has made them really good in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence is really good with short timing passes right now. So that makes them good in the red zone. And uh, the fact that they have so many different options, obviously, is makes them really tough to cover. And they have good route runners. Uh, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones' route on his touchdown yeah. here in the third quarter last week was it's, sensational. It's hard to be as consistently open in the red zone as Marvin and Christian are. Then I, not all the time, because it's hard down there. But there are plays this year where they are wide open or really good timing plays where they're just enough open where it's the route. And uh, that's why they're better. They still are a young team, so they've gone through enough stretches where they don't rank highly. But when they're good, they're really good. All right, final look around the locker room. Let's check in with Andre Sisco, the Jaguars' young safety, who understands that Pat Mahomes, outside the pocket, can stress you out. It's, it's extremely tough. I mean, it's the hardest thing to account for. You know, you, you could draw up all the routes and match them up as many, many times as you want, but once he, he gets outside the pocket, you know, you can't account for, you know, what type of routes are we going to be running and scramble drills. So, you know, you got to be disciplined with your eyes and just understand that, you know, you, you almost got to cover two plays in one sometimes. He's going to be a critical factor in the middle of the field because even though he may not have the sole responsibility for where that tight end is, you know he's going to be a cleanup guy. He's going to be looking for where 87 is roaming. Well, and he was also key in the last game. He had a couple of hits the Kansas City fans feel mad about. I'm not talking about that. He had an interception, too. And uh, he's key because in this game, I just really think the Jaguars' defense is cut out to play this kind of a game because you're going to give up points, and they're not the kind of defense – some defenses play Kansas City, and you come off the field, I see it with the Colts all the time. They kind of feel mad at each other because they gave up points, not realizing that you're going to give up some points to this team. But they keep playing, and they create turnovers. I think Cisco is a guy who, very conceivable, Kansas City you know, scores twice on his first two possessions. Um, Jags are within seven. And then on the third, he gets a pick. You know, He's that kind of a guy. Um and then all of a sudden you're back in it, even though the Chiefs played well. I think it's going to be that kind of a game we've all seen. Cisco, a safety who's a ball hawk, can loom really large in this kind of a game. Cisco has three interceptions on the season, but it's been a few weeks since we've seen him get one. Perhaps he, he could have more too. He's around it a lot. Yeah, and he was at Syracuse, which is why he was so highly regarded coming out. All right, time for a uh, pondering from across the pond. This is a new segment that we introduced to you last week, engaging the Jags fans in the UK. And so this week we have a single one from Tartan Teal. Um, and this is, what do the Jags need to do differently from week 10, John, to get the result needed to go forward? Jamie at Tartan Teal is the gentleman, or lady, I guess, who was sent that question. Um, I think the most obvious is when you have opportunities, uh, and they will have opportunities, in most playoff games in the NFL, even when it doesn't go well for a team, you can look back in the first half and look back at situations and say, if we take advantage of that, then we probably win. In the playoffs, when everything's magnified, when you don't take advantage of those is when it can get away from you. 
they're going to have opportunities, much like they did in Week 10. You have to score touchdowns. And I think Evan Ingram said it best. Score touchdowns instead of field goals and don't miss the field goals that you have. It, it, they had the ball inside the Chiefs fit or inside the 50 seven times in November. Scored three of them. Yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, if if that's a stat on Saturday, then we'll be packing up and doing wrap-up shows next week. You, um, from my perspective, you have to start early and then you have to stay with them, right? If they score 27 into the fourth quarter, you better score 27 into the fourth quarter. You've got to put yourself in a position with five minutes to play, just like last week, where you've got a chance to win. Kansas City, as we saw last year in the divisional round against Buffalo, they came out, and with 13 seconds left, the Bills went to their sideline, John. You remember that they thought they'd won it, right? There's only 13 seconds left. Mm -mm. Pat Mahomes, two plays, down the field. Touchdown, tied the game, sent it to overtime, they won. Now, they don't have Tyreek Hill this year, but they still have speed, and they still have Mahomes and Kelsey. So you've got to be in a position to claim a win with five minutes left in the game. You remember the Titans game up there? When the Titans felt in control of that game after the first series, after the second series. Yes. And then all of a sudden it turned and the Jaguars' offense was in this phase against a pretty good defense. It was injured, but still a good pass rush. All of a sudden the Jaguars' offense is in a phase where they're scoring. And it's all of a sudden they're up by 14. I don't know that it happens in the first half, but that's that's the – Feel that I'm talking about you get to a point in this game where you stay close stay close this offense is capable of shock and awe tactics if you will yeah and all of a sudden the other team looks at it and says how are we down and then it's a, a time thing where your pass rush can take over I, I, I keep pounding on that that to me is where the Jaguars can be a really strong dangerous team no matter who they play that's where they can flex so we'll see if it happens. And thanks to Jamie at Tartan Teal with this week's Ponder from Ponder This from Across the Pond and the good folks at Jags UK. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. He will, he won't, he might is next on a Thursday morning edition of Jags Drive Time brought to you by the Fields Auto Group and our friends at Farah and Farah, the official personal injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're back after this. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Suddeth is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddeth is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, call 904-638-7536. That's 904-638-7536 or visit Suddeth.com. Time in the program for he will, he won't, he might. And you're going with Arden Key. Yeah, uh, Arden's become one of my favorite players on this team. Uh, not only because I... I love that he seems to love to play. And not every player loves it the same way. But you can just tell this guy lives to be on the football field. So he will be ready for this game. I, I've i not seen a game yet this year. In, you know, So he won't. 
he won't disappear. Uh, he's a guy who seems to play for these moments, doesn't seem to care that he's he doesn't get uh, all the notoriety of everybody else. You need guys to make runs like this. You need guys who you don't think about that much or who the media doesn't think about, the fans don't think about, to play big. And boy, has he been that. And to me, he might be, he and the Jaguars pass rush, which is a subtly and quietly good group, might be the key to this thing at some point. If they win, I would expect the last seven or eight minutes of the game to be stressful. But to have this pass rush with Arden Key doing what he does, which is be all over the place, be pumping up teammates. Yep. And we all saw the celebration on the, on the Josh Allen fumble return. He's the spirit of this defense to me, if you will. He might wind up being that playmaker at the end of the game that you have to have in these big situations. You know, and, and a guy we haven't mentioned talking about the pass rush this entire show is the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker, who has gotten close. Yeah. In recent weeks, he really forced close. some things last week. Everybody gave him a lot of grief about the not great call. I thought on the yeah that was a bad conduct. call. Um, but more and more, Trayvon's not necessarily getting home. But when you watch plays, there are plays where he is forcing the quarterback to do things he doesn't want to do, and forcing um, the offensive line to adjust their pass blocking. Yeah, speed. so. Uh, He's making an impact. Yeah, four or five guys. All of a sudden, we've mentioned four or five guys that are playing well up front. Again, runs like this don't happen unless the defensive line is playing well enough for us to have conversations like this. When I say defensive line, linebackers, right. outside linebackers as well. All right, so for my he will, he won't, he might, I'm going with Travis Etienne, and I think he will be the X factor. And you could argue that he was last Saturday night with a 25-yard run on fourth down and one. But I'm telling you, you see those receivers, and at one point, the Jaguars had scored four consecutive touchdowns on passes to Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. He's the guy who's going to get into the end zone this week and be the difference maker. He will not find this moment too big for him. In other words, he won't fumble the ball. He won't make the little mistakes that we've seen from him throughout the course of it. I think he's ready to rise to the occasion and he might score the game winner. He might be that guy, John, who gets free in the fourth quarter with that burst of speed that we have seen throughout the course of the season. Maybe not as consistently we as we had liked, but I think he might be that guy who has a 45 or a 55-yard run somewhere between the second and third quarter that puts the Jaguars in a position to win the game. And I go back all the way to 96, right? And the, and, and the division round game that year was in Denver. And the Jags fell down 13, sorry, 12 to nothing, and they led 13-12 at the half. And it was Keenan McCardell who made a 31-yard touchdown grab in the third quarter that pushed the lead out. Yeah, maybe the most underrated play in Jaguars history. Yep, 20 to 12, right? And that gave them a nice little cushion because they needed it. Because Elway had that come from behind ability, just like Mahomes. I, I just sense that the guy who's going to be that might be Travis Etienne. Yeah, think about what we just talked about too. Um Evan Ingram scores a touchdown. Yep. Marvin Jones scores a touchdown in the yep. next drive. Zay Jones scores a touchdown in the next drive. Yep. Christian Kirk scores a touchdown in the next drive. Yep. Trevor Lawrence goes over the top for essentially a touchdown after that. And then Travis Etienne has the huge play in the last one. That's six key plays by six different players. That's Doug Peterson offense. If you think about Philly back then, who was their star? 
What, what, really what? I mean, you can name Alshon a bunch of guys. Jeffries, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey was so a big part of that. That's how he plays offense when he's got it really going well. ETN, um, I know we started off topic a little bit. The 25-yard run, will look, when you look back on it, looks very easy. It was easy because he's really fast. Yeah. If if he's a slower-footed back, uh, you might be scrambling to get to that marker, first down marker. It was a great call. Don't get me wrong, but it don't forget how special that speed was to get around the edge. The vision, knowing where to run on that. It, it was not as easy a play when you first looked at it. You thought, well, easy run for ETN to get twenty-five. Not for me, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> and you're a long strider. Right, right. So. And you're a long strider with those long legs. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up this show, get you set for Saturday night in Kansas City with Sunday's headlines today. All right, we've reached the time in Jags Drive time on a Thursday where we like to look ahead, maybe offer a little prediction. We call it Monday's headlines today during the regular season, but Saturday game precipitates the change to Sunday's headlines today. And, John, if you're looking into the future, that crystal ball over there, what do you think the headline might read on Sunday morning? Well, it's in a great headline because it, it, it could probably go both ways. That I'm makes gonna, it a great headline, by the way. I'm going to say what a ride um, because – I think there's a path the Jaguars winning. As somebody who's been around the league for a long time, I can't rightly predict them to win this because it is a tough task to go beat a team that is used to playing in this game. They would, they, it's unlikely that they fold under pressure. They're playing at home. They have won this game four years in a row, so it's tough. I, I can't predict the Jaguars to win. So I think the headline, "What a ride." Um, what a ride. I mean, it, it's it, been amazing. No matter what happens, what a season, what a two months, the unexpected nature of it, all that. We'll be talking about this when we retire and you're sitting in your old folks' home at the beach and I'm homeless. <laughs> I'll, I'll come by and, and we'll talk about this season yeah. and 96. As at as the special ones, even if they win Super Bowls, hey. that will remember this one. So what a ride! But also, I don't necessarily think the ride has to be over. You know, I'm not picking this where I feel like it's a lock for the Chiefs. I think right. the Jaguars have a real chance to win this game. All right, uh, here's mine. Heir apparent, and this one can go either way, right? Um, but I think no matter what happens, I think Trevor Lawrence has burst onto the scene. And in this quarterback league, I believe that people will look and say, uh-oh, they've got something there. We don't want to see that team. Although the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Chargers to some degree, the Ravens have these hot young quarterbacks. If they win, obviously, the franchise is the heir apparent, right? Ready to take that spot in the AFC Championship game that has belonged to the Chiefs for the last four years. But if they don't win... I think it'll be apparent that Trevor Lawrence is ready to put his name up there. Yeah, I. I uh, That's why I thought your idea of going with both ways was brilliant. It, everything about this, it's hard to predict in the NFL, but everything about this feels like the beginning. Um, he's the heir apparent, and I wrote somewhere this week, I don't know if he's going to be 
a reader asked me, is Trevor going to own the league? Well, I don't know mm-hmm. about that because there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Mahomes is really good. I don't, know that, I, I don't know that Trevor's going to get to a point where he's clearly the guy, but he's going to be one of the guys, and that gives you a chance to be really good for a long time. Yeah, I think it's worth noting. So I, I grew up in Kansas City, and I can remember there was a time between when Joe Montana retired and Alex Smith showed up that they didn't win a playoff game for more than 23 years, right? And they had some good teams and some good coaches. Really good teams. Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Fame tight end. He he was with the Chiefs for a number of years. Never won a playoff game with Kansas City. And now, since Pat Mahomes showed up, they expect to be playing in the AFC Championship game every year. I know that because I'm inundated by high school classmates and friends and family who are, you know, well, it's nice you guys are coming to Kansas City, but you know, enjoy your trip to our stadium. You'll be going home after this. They expect to win. And I say that because I think we're going to see that here. The expectation yeah. is we've got a quarterback. We expect to win. Yeah, and but I think Doug is probably telling this team very unarrogantly because it's not his way, this is not the unbeatable foe out there. Yeah. You know, respect this team, but yeah, they didn't play in the Super Bowl last year. Nope. They lost at home. Uh, they lost at home four years ago, or or, or whenever their run started. They lost at home before that with Mahomes. Yeah. Um, there are paths to victory, and I think the Jaguars have the tools to take that path and win it. I think it will be a great game. I think they'll have a chance. It'll be fun. And um, the answer to the question, will they? How about can they? And the answer is yes. All right, that'll do it for our show. Don't forget tomorrow the send-off. Um, the Farah and Farah Patron Tequila watch party here lots open at three gates open at 3 30 go online and find your ticket here you go right there it tells you what you need to do go online to jaguars.com and register have a great rest of your day folks the anticipation of this is as fun as it gets